UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. You can come closer if you like. Angelique usually doesn't bite. Um, Depends. Except when she's fighting with Coach Harbaugh. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't fight with him. <laughs> so, well, I heard you were mean to him. You, you said he was ranting. Yeah, I said he was ranting. You know, the, uh, the other day when he went on a rant about Purdue, and I, I tweeted a photo during the press conference, and I said... Jim Harbaugh's rants on produced facilities or something. And I think because it wasn't the whole 10-minute video, people are like, well, that's not technically a rant. And I was like, okay. I mean, I heard this from a lot of people. This is still during the press conference while he's ranting. And so I said, okay. I retweeted it and said, people have a problem with the word choice. Well, let's say, say vent. He was venting or something. So then after the thing, I get a text from Harbaugh saying, you know, Angelique, that was a poor choice of words. <laughs> rants. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So uh, we talked about it later that night, and I told him that I still thought it was a rant. And he said, what is it, you know, with reporters, it's either coach speak or a rant. And I said, because it's usually one or the other. So, which it usually is. So, speaking of that rant, because <laughs> it was a rant. Because <laughs> Phil it, was there, he knows. It was a 20-minute press conference, <laughs> and he went on for nine minutes about the lack of bathroom facilities in Purdue. So by any definition, that's a rant. And Lance can tell you, <laughs> I, I always tweet with my brothers during the press conferences, and I'm like, Harbaugh's going off on the press count, on the on the facilities. Five minutes later, he's still going. Four minutes later, still, still going. going. Still going. So it was by all all designs of rant. But what I thought was interesting about that was that last year during the bye week, they did not have a press conference. That's right. So so do you think that his going off on his rant? was in a way a deflection from the quarterback controversy. It's so interesting you said that, Phil, because first I called Dave Abeloff, who's the sports information director, that Sunday night, because everybody, if there's a buy, we usually go to the radio show on Monday night and, and pull them off the side. So I said, hey, you know, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to talk to him. Can he still do a, can he do a press conference? So he said he went and asked him. He's like, yeah. And then after I left, after I wrote this story, I thought, another brilliant Harbaugh move. He did it and. Because no one then thought, everybody's now immersed in this story, and no one thought about the quarterbacks. I totally, I totally agree with that. And I think that he's done it before with some other subjects. I'm trying to think of what they were, but there were a couple other instances where you walk out and go, "We didn't even talk about what well, we should have been talking about." Well, there was the time in the post game where there's been a lot of controversy over who the quarterback at Michigan is going to be, and. They asked him about Spade, and he goes, well, the story is that Spade is the quarterback of the undefeated Michigan Wolverines. That's right. And he is triumphing over all adversity. And that's the quote that gets... And he said, it's good to be Wilton Spade. It's good to be Wilton Spade. (laughs) And that's what gets picked up by the wire, and that's what gets repeated. And then if you try to change the story, it's, oh, well, you're dumping on Harbaugh, or you want to be negative, when it's like... Okay, what's interesting is, now that we get to see what's on the field, what Coach says is less and less important yes. because we can judge, and I think he kind of loses control of the narrative a little bit. Um, but but anyway, that's it's true. That's the rant. So I have <laughs> questions from the from the uh, from the internet here. Oh, okay. Um, These so, are, are, is the internet you? Uh, I screen them. Yes. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I make them sound a little more intelligent. Oh, so. okay. A little less all caps and yelling. <laughs> 
So, Michigan fans do that? They yell about things? Uh, I didn't well, know that. <laughs> you know, it's been said that Michigan fans are a cult. <laughs> Somebody has told me that. So, and, and, I, and I want to respond to that because if Michi- I don't think Michigan's a cult. Because there's no cult where there's 110,000 people who know more than the head coach. So <laughs> yeah, somehow there's, that's there's true. it's a cabal. It it's, is a, a, it's, a, it's a tribe. It's an interesting it's, group, I mean, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so first question, um, were you surprised um, when, that Jim Harbaugh actually came back to Michigan to be the, the head coach here? At first, when I first heard the talk, and I think it was Chris Ballas who first started, like, I, I, it was early in the season. He's like, I'm hearing Harbaugh might be interested. I'm like, yeah, okay, right. And then as their season went on and as Michigan season, you know, it's all, all the, the planets are aligning. Now, and then I'm talking to people, and I'm like, I think, I think it could happen. And the one thing, and I did mention in the book, the one thing that people, all the NFL pundits were saying, and they were really, they weren't basing it all on this, but they kept saying, Sarah's never going to leave California. She's a California girl. And she's like, I'm from the Midwest. I, that was never an issue. I never said that. And I think, you know, when people realize she didn't care, I mean, obviously she didn't. She came here, and she's happy here, that, you know, it was much more realistic from the get-go than people even thought. There was definitely uh, a <laughs> thing me. among NFL writers yeah. that he was never coming back. Right. And, and even a couple weeks before, when it was pretty clear around town he was coming back, yeah. I was talking to some NFL writers, and they're like, he's not. I'm like, no, no, he really is. You should start thinking about it. No, no, who would come back to college after the NFL? NFL is everything. Yeah. And it, 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 it's interesting because, you know, Jamie Morris always says, when mama calls, you come home. You're right, he does. And, and I think that that is the, one of the best I think deep things. down he did see a program that had been struggling, his program. I mean, he, you know, he always says how near and dear it is to his heart. It's part of his, his DNA and his lifeblood and I mean, I think that was a big part of it. He wanted to come back and and rescue it from from its from where we were. Yes. All right. So we talked a little bit about Jim Harbaugh's demeanor and talking to the media. He's a very warm and friendly guy. He um, can be. He can be, but yeah, not on not during the season and not on Mondays. What did he say to you when he heard you were writing a book about him? He didn't care, you know. He just—I honestly don't think he cares. But if people are writing about him, I mean, we are writing about him on a daily basis. And he, um, you know, when I talked to him, I said, "Look, I'm not going to ask you to write the foreword. I'm not." And he goes, "Yeah, okay, good." And I said, "But I'd like Jack." I said, "And I, you know, I'd already talked to Jack." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, Jack, Jack would be great. He's a wordsmith. He's a wordsmith." So part of me wondered if there was, if. You know, maybe he doesn't think of himself that way. You know, like Jim doesn't think of himself as someone who's can sit down. I you know he's done the book with Turnley, and he has done some writing, but I don't think it's that easy for him. And and frankly, Jack is is sometimes I wish Jack was the head coach. And and, and just to be clear, we're talking about Jack, Jack Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Jim's dad. Jim's dad, and he was really happy to do do it. And I think Jim that made Jim, pump, you know, more. And I'm not pumped up, but more okay with it. But I didn't, you know, obviously didn't need his blessing. But um, you know what? And this is so true, Phil. He's, no one is ever going to write the Jim Harbaugh book because he does not let you, what's he say all the time? I'm not going to let you peel back the onion. I'm not peeling back the onion. He doesn't want to give you too much. He wants you. He wants that air of mystery still while, while also being a rock star. Do you, do you think he's going to read the book? 
Oh, I don't know. I doubt it. He does read all the stories, though. I mean, I know he reads. I think they give him a stack of stories, and he reads stuff. So. You know, I, I just have, he's such a control guy. I just have this impression of him, like, breaking into the M-Den, opening up a box, pulling one out, and, like, just, just I, scanning I think the lines. Go, Why did they use that photo? I don't like this one of me. That's what I think he'll do. This this is it, Angelique, on page 110, why did you say Yeah, that? right. It's, you know, it's, how can you be too critical of him? That's the thing about this book. I mean, it's two years into his, into his tenure here, and they're like, hey, we want to do a book. This is Triumph Books, and they do lots of sports books. And they're like, I want to do something like on the, how he's bringing the program back. And I said, okay, it's just in his second year. And well, but but there was lots of evidence of it. But we're in his second year, and he's already had two coffee table books about him. Yeah, and the- look at all the attention he's generated. And look at, you know, and then you look at, I think then they got excited as the season was going on. And they looked like maybe this is a legit playoff team. And then they stumble at the end. But it's still... He still has done, he's injected a lot of life into this place, and the fan base is crazed, I think, about it. And, and Some might not, even say cult-like. Some might say that. I don't say that. But um, just enthusiastic. And I think, and I, you, know, you know, we're talking about the NFL and going, NFL coach when it jumped off the, what was it, which meter board he did the other day where Over he jumped off. Yeah. Yep. Think of, they don't do that. So I think he's having a ball here. Absolute ball. All right. Are there any interesting stories or anecdotes that didn't make the book? I mean, I have some personal interactions with him that are pretty funny that there were no place in the book. And um, and then there were a couple other that you couldn't, they were so visual. You know, you're talking about the look, you know, the brother when he just sort of does this. And so I'm talking to his brother, and I said, and Jim, the one thing, and I wish I could have conveyed that too, he could be over here. The first summer, I'm, I'm digressing, but the first summer, I'm talking to Dave Abeloff, this word's formation for, and whispering, and Harbaugh's right there, engaged with two kids getting his autograph, and I'm saying something to Dave about, you know, I kind of want to talk to him about this, but I'll wait. And then he's done with it, and he turns his attention, and I said, yeah, I was just saying, he goes, I heard everything you said. And I'm like, are you like my mom? Do you have ears everywhere? And and I think he does. And so then the, the day I'm talking to John, I said, has he always had that look? And then John goes, oh, you mean this one? And so John does it. And I'm like, that's it. That's the one. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's always had that. And he goes, don't take it personally. Don't. And I said, oh, I don't. And then all of a sudden Jim swoops in and goes, don't take it personally. Don't. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah, you're always just thinking. Maybe with a little intimidation. So, uh, this is a big question, very popular. How long do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan? <laughs> do you have an over-under? I think he'll be here about 10 years at least. And that, because he's, he's a young 53. This is how I work it out in my head. Because I know where you're going to ask about Super Bowl later. But I think he realizes, I mean, how old is Pete Carroll? I mean, he's... You know, he's in his 60s, right? He's coaching the NFL. I think Jim knows that he can coach here for a while and forever if he wants, but if he still has that Super Bowl, you know, i got to go win one of those, he's going to have time. I mean, it's he's a young – I'll say that about it. He's He's like a 33-year-old in a 53-year-old's body. I mean, he's, you know, he's a lot younger. And But I think he'll be here for a while. I think he – this is – 
he loves it here, and I think he loves the attention. He's doing, he's meeting people he never met as an NFL coach. He's hanging out with the president and first lady, and he's he's now speaking before Congress, and he's on stage with the rap groups. I mean, he's having. Wouldn't you have the time of your life doing that? You know, it's funny that you say that because people ask a lot: Is a Harbaugh authentic? Does he do things for attention? He's completely authentic in what he does. I think he's authentic, yes. He doesn't, he's not calculating, well, if I jump off the five-meter board, he's just having a good time. Yeah, and, I think and he's really enjoying life. And it's funny you said that that, that way because I, at, at some point I was telling Lisa that I, I joke, and I've told Harbaugh, I said I tell people now I've gained the Harbaugh 20 because I can never <laughs> go to the gym anymore. It's like I wake up, and what did Harbaugh say? And, oh, i got to write it, and then, then it leads to something else. And, you know, I, I just... I finally told my boss, you know, we felt like we had to write about everything. Oh, he poured Gatorade on his cereal. Okay, got to go write a story. Oh, he's uh, hanging out on the stage with Migos. Got to write a story. I finally told my boss, I said, at some point I have to enjoy my life, too. I can't keep writing about him enjoying his life. But it is, he does, I mean, I think you have to respect the amount of energy he has. and That he is, in, you know, he's taking advantage of every opportunity, and I appreciate that about him. So you mentioned the Super Bowl. I'm going to jump ahead to that question. So do you think Jim Harbaugh can live without winning a Super Bowl knowing how close he came? And knowing his brother has one. And because, because I will tell you that I just envision Harbaugh family get-togethers at some holiday where John is just wrapping the ring knowing how competitive they are and just I can just imagine Jim just just having a well what was the story they told was it on the I think it was John Harbaugh was on a podcast last year telling the story about how they had a family get together and at his place up north and he said they started just you know a little basketball and then it became all out basketball and next thing you know Jim is throwing John into the thorn bush behind there and he's like is this still you know about the Super Bowl or what am I going to do but, you know, the one, my theory about Jim, too, is, you know, people wanted him hired after Lloyd and then, you know, after, uh, after Rich. You know, his name kept circulating. And I, I kept saying, the guy is always going to be looking over the shoulder at the prettier girl at the NFL. And if he was at Michigan then, because I thought he had NFL aspirations. So I think the timing now for him to come after he already did his NFL dance had success, NFL, NFC championships, and then a Super Bowl, obviously not a championship, but a runner-up finish. I think that was a good time for him to come to Michigan because he's, he's had that. He's been in the NFL. and But do I think he, he still tastes and wants to taste it? Yeah, I do. I, just because he's, he's he is truly an ult, the ultimate competitor. But I don't think I – don't, I really don't think Michigan fans should think it's anytime soon because I don't think it is. So – We've gone around and around this question. Do you think Harbaugh likes dealing with the press? Oh, yeah. He loves us. <laughs> um, no, not during the football season. I will say in Rome, he was, he was outstanding. And I think he knew that we all paid money to go there and document this trip, and it was good publicity for him. And Michigan, look at what he's putting the college back in college football. That was his thing. And he was great. I mean, he was singing opera as I've got my video camera on him. He's, you know, he sticks his head into the gladiator cutout at the gladiator camp as the video camera. So he was, he was on. And, you know, I, I, he can be very charming, but warm, 
to the media? No, not really. And I think the one thing I always tell people is he does make you ask a good question. Because if you, you're, you're Coach X, I say, hey, Phil, it's kind of foggy out. You're, you're going to go, yeah, you know, it was like this today. But I think you're going to at least converse. You say to Jim, he goes, it's foggy out. He goes, he'll just go, yes. Or do you think it's, yes. He won't, he won't. He won't play along. He won't do that. You have to ask him a question that does not, that he can't answer with a yes or no. And, and, he will. And then what's weird about that is sometimes he'll just go off and expound and you'll yeah. be completely shocked. Yes. John, you had a question? Well, I was wondering, do you think he's hard on the press because he's hard on himself? He is hard on himself. Personal. No, I don't think he likes us. <laughs> No, but he is hard on himself, absolutely. But I, I just think, I don't think he resents us. I don't think it's anything like that. He knows people have a job to do. But he will, his his patience with us is very slim. And if he thinks you're you're poking at him for a story, he'll just go, do you want me to just say, what's the story you're working on? You just want me to give you what you want? And, and he's not necessarily going to do that. But he did that with uh, Pete Thamel. And I addressed that two weeks ago. Yes, right. And just go, we plowed that ground uh Let's just say we've plowed that ground enough already. Yeah. So when he's, he's done with it, he's done. And, you know, the thing with injuries, you know, he got mad about that the other day when somebody else asked me, he goes, uh, we covered that. And he said it with an even, what, we covered that last week. We're not going to be talking about injuries. Well, remember last year there was the one point that, that you know, the, the roster came out for media day and there were two <laughs> players who weren't there right. and tried to follow up, and he just walked out and said, I'm not going to talk about this, and yep. turned around on his on his heel and left, and everybody's standing there. And so occasionally he gets a little Yeah, he gets a little And there's certain reporters he clearly he likes less than others. There's no doubt about it. One of them's already off the beat. But, um, yeah, there's a few. And when you hear their voices and you're just like, I, I kind of do this a few times, like, oh, this is going to be bad. And it usually is. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> All right, so does Harbaugh intentionally troll other coaches with, like, the rosters and his recruiting antics? And Yeah, and do you think? I think so. I mean, I, I, think I know you're asking kick, me, but I think, I think he gets yeah. a kick out of it. I think, and, and that's, you know, I sit there and say how much I admire him because I, I really think he's really smart. And it's, I think it's his way of poking the bear a little bit without being overly obvious and, um, I think he likes the fact that other people have said he's the uh, the best sub tweeter, right? Subtweet, and that, and I think he likes that. So you know, we talked about him not being contrived, and and I think, but I think he knows what he's doing, and he likes the response he gets from people. And the one team he hasn't done anything to is Michigan State. I mean, he's care if he doesn't. So my theory about that is that it's his way of if I'm not paying any attention to them, that's worse than anything. And but he's done it to Ohio State, and uh, he's done it to all those SEC coaches. And I mean, and again, going back to the Harbaugh twenty. If, as soon as he does that, I got to sit down and type it up because it's funny. I mean, it's. I mean, I think that's the funny part. I wonder. I think, it's, I think it's clever. When we talk about the way he treats Michigan State differently, he has a bad history with Michigan State. He broke, he broke his, his arm, arm against yep. Michigan State and had Michigan's worst season under Bo, six yep. and six. And then we had that lightning strike on that last play of the game. So I almost wonder if he has a little bit of a, if he's a little snake bit. Maybe. I mean, I think he's, you know, the first, um, the first spring he was here, they had the function downtown, and someone asked him about 
Michigan State, and he said they are the big. They are the big guys on the block right now. I mean, he couldn't say otherwise. They were they did of the upper hand, and he was very cordial. But I'll tell you that first Salmine Sambadi when Urban and Mark and Jim were there, they walked in, and Jim never. He had his back to D'Antonio the whole time. I mean, I just was watching the interaction, and he sees Urban, and they have a warm handshake. And I remember Urban saying something like, "You're making life difficult for me," and he's laughing because of all the all the tweeting and all the you know the the stuff that's going on outside of football. But he never. It was like he never acknowledged Mark. And then last year at the Sound or two years ago at the Sound somebody, it was watching those two sit next to each other, and Jim tried to engage him and. Antonio wanted nothing to do with it. It was, you know, a lot of this and grimacing. And I mean, I got some great pictures that day. <laughs> it's, it's him grimacing and Harbaugh kind of looking like. It's funny because if there's one coach who I think does posture, it is D'Antonio. He is very much playing the, oh, I'm yeah. the underdog. I don't get respected. I mean, even to the point of, you know, he kind of barks at attendance yeah. at, when, when he gets off the bus. I like him, too. I mean, he's perfect. I think he's perfect in East Lansing. I really do. I think he's the perfect fit. I think he's perfect in East Lansing, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I just think he's got that. They're a little chip on their They are. They do have the chip on the shoulder. He does embody that. Little chip on the shoulder. Oh, here we go. Uh, my card but, actually texted me yesterday, and he goes, you know what? This is the first time in all these years I haven't gotten uh, a message about doing an interview about Little Brother because we'd done the story last year where he just said, I regret it. I was 22. And I said, well, I think that kind of sealed the deal. You, you know, you spoke like a 22-year-old would and being boastful and not thinking. So, so I was thinking, you know, we were talking about how Harbaugh does with the media. When he came in, he kind of disarmed about half the questions you could ask him because he would say, I don't want to do any comparisons. Yes, he does I'm not going to say this is better or this is worse. And, and when you're trying to ask questions, it, it really go, well, what do you say to that? Right. And then, like this last week, he said, why? Well, I, I don't have my list of that. Right. And he That's said right. it a couple that was times. funny. And you just go, okay, you're very clearly not going to talk about that. That but, was a nine-minute <coughs> press conference. That's one of the shortest ones ever. So you talked to a lot of people when you were working for this mm-hmm. book, and you, I'm sure a lot of people ask you about Harbaugh. Is there anybody who doesn't think you will be successful here? No, I don't think there was anybody. I mean, these are all mostly, you know, Harbaugh supporters, too. But I think, um, you know, starting with Jim Hackett, who hired him, I mean, this is a, he's a guy who was exposed to Paul Brown growing up. His father was good friends with him, thinks he's the you know, perhaps the most innovative mind in, in football at that time, that era. And he, you know, says Jim Harbaugh is that next guy. He's the next Paul Brown in terms of his thinking out of the box and being innovative. And I think that's generally the impression that people have. And, you know, I think there's some people who say, well, he does. There is a track record. He's wearing out, he wears out his welcome. Four years, done. Four years. And I, I think that people see a different guy here and well, he's more relaxed. I, I think, think this is a different way. place, too. Yes, it because is. Because whenever somebody gives me the narrative of, well, Harbaugh has about a five-year ticker on yeah. wearing people out, I go, you have to understand that these are his people. Right. Okay? That's right. And I'll go, listen, Harbaugh could probably throw a kitty in a blender and people would be like, yeah, you got to do that to beat Ohio State. I mean, he, he, there's just such a high tolerance for, and, and people have known him. Yeah, I mean, this right. is... This they, is home. They get this him. is home for him. They get him. And he's got a comfort zone. But no, I think most people, and, you know, I, I talked to Mac Brown, I mean, a guy who's not part of this program. And here's a guy who is sitting in his place at ESPN and his perch, 
and observing college football, and he's just like, I didn't think he'd be able to, to do what he's done already in two years. I mean, he, he respected two 10-win seasons. Maybe there were third-place finishes, but they're still 10-win seasons. And, you know, he said, I, I, I really like the way he thinks. And, I mean, I thought the satellite camp thing was, was a really smart thing. And, and Mac Brown said, you know, we did a smaller – we had always done a smaller version of that in Texas. It was just in Texas. And to see him take that and expand it. So I think there are a lot of people who think he's good for college football. I'm sure the Nick Sabans of the world probably wouldn't mind if he took off. But, I mean, I think he makes it interesting. And I, and I think most people think he's, he's going to stick around and, and he's good for this place. But, no, not very many negatives. All right. So you had a chance to cover him before he came here. No, I didn't cover him. I'm not. I, I wasn't here. I'm not that oh, old. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh my god! You, you covered him before you wrote the book. I, I misspoke. Okay, I thought you okay. meant like as a player. I'm like, oh my and god, heard, Phil. And you I heard go. about him? Yeah, okay. yeah, oh yeah. So when you focused on focused to write the book, what surprised you the most? What surprised me the most about Harbaugh is he's such a fan, a, a dad. I mean, I and I saw it on multiple occasions. His he brings the little kids with him to the radio show, and he's very attentive. And I don't know what I thought. I don't know what I – did I think he was just going to be a coach and I'm not going to pay attention to them? And and then in Rome at the practices, you know, one time I, my husband had actually come in, and I was going to introduce him. And there he is. He's just – he's eating. He's got one girl on his lap. The other one's right there, and he's helping them get their stuff together. And it was just kind of a neat – Scene, and I, I thought, wow, he's more. He talks about loving his family and stuff, and you, sometimes you wonder if that's just talk. And it was to see it was uh, was kind of was nice. He's well, human. Well, there was the story this week about his son coming out. Yes, yes, and James is with him all the time. And I don't know if anybody's seen the podcast, James Harbaugh, who is a great follow on Twitter. He's really funny. Um, he. He, it was a podcast with two gay men. I think one's a sports writer. And he talked about coming out and, and talked about how he told his father. And it was just recently. It was after the election. And it came up. And he, he said so something like, so you know, right? And he said Jim's response was, look, you just live your life. Be happy. Do, you know, do what makes you happy. And... You know, I, I wonder if that surprises some people because he is, you know, you, people have an image of a football coach, and that's the thing that I've come to uh, really learn about him is he does, you know, we talked earlier about the Colin Kaepernick the first time he, he made that statement. And I do, you know, he he then did talk to people, and then he he really learned more about why people are doing that and, and why people disagree with it, why people find it acceptable. And then his players, you know, started raising their fists during the anthem last year, and he, he talking to some of the players like Mo Ways, I said, well, what did he say? And, and he, told, he told the players, if you're going to have any stance on anything, not just the anthem, anything, you have to be able, if anyone from the media says, why are you doing this, you have to be able to explain it. And he says, as long as you can do that, I'm good. You know, it's just as long as you believe it and you can back it up. You know, that was a really good point. One of the things that I've noticed is that under Rich Rodriguez and under Brady Hoke, players were really guarded in what they were mm-hmm. going to say. And under Harbaugh, they give you, if you ask them a question, they'll tell you what they're thinking. Yeah. And it's really interesting to talk because, again, you know, these are students at Michigan. They're football players at Michigan. They're very intelligent. They ha- they're very politically aware, many, and, and they will tell you what they're thinking. And it's really nice. I mean, I remember last year talking to Jordan, Jordan Lewis, Lewis yeah. about the fist, and, and he's like, you know, 
there's something that's not right. Right. And he goes, I just had to show unity. He goes, he goes, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, right. but he really understood both sides. And Jim, there was no problem him saying that. Jim was, you know, hey, you know, and it's interesting that you. And it is, said and what it's also we wrote about it in the book. It's when they, when the players found out, you know, the bowl games assign hotels to, to different to each program. And Michigan, um, they kind of got the short end because the other team was on Florida State was on the beach. And so, but they stayed at the Donald Trump Resort. And he sat down with the team and had a team meeting. And he said, I, well, let's talk about this. Is there going to be an issue with this? And, and a couple of players said that, you know, they really they got things out. And, and it was good. And they stayed there, obviously. But it was everybody heard what, what misgivings some players might have had. And um, it was a really... Uh, it was. I think that hearing this is, is to me, is, is really another thing that I, I didn't know if he would be that kind of coach. And I mean, I remember talking to Lloyd Carr years ago about different subjects, and and you know, I said, "What well, do you think? You have any players who?" We were just chatting one day. I said, "Do you think you have a player? Any players who've been who are gay?" And he's like, "I don't know. I've never thought about it. And I'd like to think I'd be progressive enough, but um, I, I mean, I think Jim would. You know, that would be. He'd be open and and." I just think he really thinks about things and is willing to talk about them. You mentioned uh, the manly man aspect. And it was interesting because when the coach was ranting about the facilities. <laughs> Thank you for backing me up. He kind of drew a line and said, listen, it's one thing to try to be a little competitive and try to game each other. But this is a safety issue. You know, you can't have players caught in a little tiny room, have it be 95 degrees, high humidity, two urinals. He goes, that's not gamesmanship. That's just stupid. It is stupid. So, and, and, and people asked him, and he said, well, you know, you're very much about, you know, man ball, running into each other. You know, don't you think you're, counter, you're being contradictory in, say, in, in saying that the facilities weren't safe? And he said, no, not at all. No. And it was interesting that he, he wasn't going to take that. He, he draws the line between, you know, football players and life. And, right. And, and no, and it's that, I mean, and he's not exaggerating about Purdue. I don't know if you've been down there. I mean, this is my 26th year of covering football, and it has not changed. I mean, it, we don't go in the locker room, but they have a little room where it's actually the coach's meeting room, and we stuff ourselves in there. And I asked Brandstetter, was walking by, and he said, same when he played, so late 60s, early 70s. And... So he got in there, and Harbaugh's like in the corner, and all the cameras swoop around him. So they're making, so now I'm short, you know, I gotta get video too. So I climb up on a chair, and I'm above, and Harbaugh's like, yeah, he hasn't started yet. He just goes, Angelique, come down. And I said, no, I'm good, I'm good. He goes, come down right here. Like he's pointing in front of him. So I'm like, all right, this would be, I'm thinking this would be a better video anyway. So I, the camera guys won't let me through. I have to push through. And at that point, it, I was dying. And this is after the game, and it's hot. And I just look up at him, and I go, God, it's hot in here. And he just does one of his weird, he just goes, no AC, no AC. And he just right in my face. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's really hot. And then, he, you know, he talked about whatever. But there, it was two urinals, two toilets, Showers like the way it was described to me, they're like the prison showers where they have a bunch of heads right there. And truly, if you, I'm talking to Zach Gentry, and I, I'm looking, I, you know, I look this way for a second, and you only saw it from here up, but there's guys showering right there. And I'm like, God, this is a dump. And it, his point more was to the Wilton Spate thing too. Is you know, there's no place to get an X-ray right there, and he needed a brace, and it wasn't available. And uh, from my understanding, it was just a 
really, really bad well, experience. And, and again, there are different rumors about what his injury is. But the longer he needs to be transported to be diagnosed, right. he's he's in risk. Yeah, it's so, so it's, ridiculous. It's, <clears throat> I, my point was, this is a school that's produced astronauts, and they couldn't get an X-ray. Is <laughs> it right there? So, I mean, every other school has has that capability. You know, and, and to that point, it's Michigan Michigan State Week, and Michigan State's visitor facilities have been upgraded recently. Mm-hmm. They're they're actually pretty nice. So they they, them they the actually day, trolled right? Purdue. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, so some pro players have been critical of Harbaugh's approach to coaching, mm-hmm. some, for, some former 49ers. Um, do you think college players are more open to his approach, and why? I do. I think he's, uh, you know, I think a lot of co- players in the pros will say, oh, we don't like the rah-rah thing. We did our rah-rah. We want, you know, it's a business now. We're getting a check, and that, that doesn't play well with them. And I, I'm not that he was, but... You know, he would do the who's got it better than us, and I think he'd see some videos from the locker room, and they did it. But I'm not sure they ever bought in. You know, college is so different. I remember talking to Jeff Backus years ago, and before he went to the NFL, he was just like, I like, this is what I like. I like college. I don't I don't want to play this game. Obviously he did for a paycheck, but that wasn't his goal. He wanted to be with a team and enjoy football. And, and I think that's why he translates better to the college game. And I think the players... I just think that they know he's got their back. And he wants, I mean, I really think that he did a big thing, a good thing for them with that Rome trip and then opening the world to them and saying, Here's, here are all these, these study abroad programs. And he and I actually talked on the phone about that because you know, he was telling me he was so excited about it. And he's like, they're going to be able to go to Japan or Rio, wherever they want to go. And I said, I said, so basically they get to be real students now. I mean, they get to do what everybody else who their classmates are who don't play any sport get to do. And talking to those players, they loved it. And I think those are the kinds of things that he wants to shape young men. And, and I think that's what he's doing. And I think he probably does it really well based on – Conversations you have with guys who've already left, and and they, you know, they think he he will do anything for them, and it's reciprocated. So, do you think that maybe that's a reason he's a better fit at college? Yeah, I do. I mean, I just think that it. I mean, I think he still thinks of himself in that young mode too. I mean, you see him; he's jumping off diving boards. He's you know, you know, I've seen him throwing a ball against the wall like a kid does, and I think he likes this whole atmosphere and. You know, maybe he's not always getting to softball games and stuff, but he takes his daughters to the basketball games. He likes being in this community. And not that he didn't like San Francisco, but I just think this fits him better. One of the things he said when, you know, there were questions about whether he'd fit here, is he said, listen, I grew up in a college town. I would like to raise my kids in a college town. And from what we've seen, I I buy that right now. He seems to be very much buying in. I have a couple friends who have kids in his class, and he drops them off every morning. He's, like, taking them, you know, to say, hi, coach, hi. And, you know, he likes being part of their lives. And I'm sure he'll give them Halloween advice again this year. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.